0: JD Davis became known as just dingers Davis due to his extreme power with the Giants after they picked him up last season but this year he's added just defense to the equation as well he's been a breakout performer for the Giants so what is his future in San Francisco beyond this season especially given that he's currently taken up Casey Schmidt's primary position we'll get to that mailbag question and so many others next are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites. Beyond the Box Score, and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thanks for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. So check us out there if you have not already, and please hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be getting into some mailbag questions. These are left over from a week or so ago, and so some of them... Uh, the answers have already come to us, but it'll be interesting to kind of get to them. But the first question comes from F.E.G. Knight, who says thoughts on J.D. Davis and his strong start to the season and his future with the Giants beyond 2023 and 2024. And so... uh Good question. It's a very good question. And the reason you say 2023 and 2024, just for those who don't know, is that he uh is under team control for the 2024 season in addition to this season through the arbitration uh process. And so he's arbitration eligible one more year after this year. He's 30 years old. He just turned 30 in April. And he's having a breakout season for the Giants. He's hitting 290 362 on base, 481 slugging. It's about 32% above league average offense that he's provided. And most surprisingly and importantly for his, when we're talking about his future, he is thriving defensively. And that just goes to show you that players can always improve. He was not known as a good defender. The metrics back that up. But this year, I don't need to tell you the metrics show that he is better. But If you've been watching the games, you can just see he's been very good defensively at third base. And so the question specifically is thoughts on his strong start and his future with the Giants beyond 2023, 2024. I think it's interesting just to start with 2024. Obviously, there's a lot of season left and we'll see if he can keep this up or if there's some kind of regression with the defense or whatever. But I mean, my thoughts are they found a player here in J.D. Davis who can be pretty much an everyday third baseman. And where that gets so interesting is that Casey Schmidt is now in the major leagues and uh, his primary position is third base as well. And so the way I potentially see this playing out, and I could be off, but just as of this moment, is that Brandon Crawford is not only not performing well this season, and somebody posted this on Twitter like two days ago, it was before the most recent game, that Casey Schmidt had more hits on the season already than Brandon Crawford, and Brandon Crawford has played a heck of a lot more than Casey Schmidt, and sure enough, it was true, I couldn't believe it was true, but Casey Schmidt in like a week had more hits than Brandon Crawford, yes, Brandon Crawford went on the IL at least once, but And I don't have the plate appearance totals pulled up in front of me. But, you know, regard, you know, the, the, the point is that Casey Schmidt is obviously doing well. Brandon Crawford struggled last year and so far at the plate for the most part has struggled this year. And actually defensively as well, he's had some struggles at shortstop. And then you think about the fact that they, tried to sign Carlos Correa I mean they literally agreed to terms with Carlos Correa pending a physical and just a freak thing happened and the physical was failed Uh, they were trying to get a shortstop and I think there's good reason for that because it was you know we're coming up on the last year of Brandon Crawford's deal this is the last year of Brandon Crawford's contract and If you look at like the past several years, there have been really strong free agent classes at the shortstop position. But coming into this upcoming offseason, there is not a really strong free agent class. And so there's not a Correa or a Trey Turner or a Xander Bogarts to go out there and sign this offseason or at least try to. And so given if J.D. Davis keeps performing this way. And it's not like he's hurting you at third. I really do believe that there's a chance that Casey Schmidt becomes the Giants' primary shortstop, at least in the short term. Because and when I say short term, I mean like, yeah, JD Davis is on un- if JD Davis keeps playing like this, it's obviously a no-brainer to tender him a contract and bring him back next year. And the thing about him is that he's not uh someone that really is that versatile. I think he's kind of just like a third baseman first and foremost. I guess he could play some first, but you've got Lamont Wade Jr. doing amazing at first. And so and you've got Tyro doing amazing at second, Davis doing amazing at third, and and really the one position where you're not getting amazing infield production catcher notwithstanding is shortstop from Brandon Crawford. And so I really think that's kind of how Casey Schmidt fits in. So anyway, you know, J.D. Davis grew up a Dodgers fan, but he grew up local to somewhat to the Bay Area, Elk Grove, right, I think. And so there's something to players being comfortable around where they grew up. And so I think that if he keeps playing like this, he's a guy that you might want to keep around beyond just the next couple years. So he potentially is an extension candidate, especially if the season continues to play out and Schmidt continues to play a bunch of shortstop and he proves that he can hit and he proves that he can play defensively that shortstop position given it's not his natural spot. Third base is his natural spot. But to me, I mean, he's got the arm. He's got the basically the best arm in baseball from it, from an infielder. He's proven that. He's already got three of the top four throws from an infielder all year, and including the number one and the number two spots, and he's been up for a week. And so, obviously, I mean, he's just going to consume the entire leaderboard for strongest throws, so he can certainly handle the shortstop position from a throwing perspective, and it's not like... I mean, I just think he should be able to be at least okay, but probably even better than that defensively at short. So that's kind of a long-winded way of answering your question that, uh and I mean, there's other shortstops coming up through the system. Like you look at Marco Luciano, whatever, but a lot of people believe he'll have to move off of short and that maybe he's a long-term outfielder. And so these are good problems to have. And that's how I just see it right now is that they're going to give Schmidt a lot of looks at short this season and If he proves he can do it, given that the free agent class is weak at the shortstop position, you could be looking at 2024 starting shortstop Casey Schmidt for the foreseeable future at that position, at least until uh, if Davis departs. So, anyway, coming up in just a minute, we've got a lot more questions and answers to get to, including do I think the next superstar level player, superstar level player on the Giants will come in free agency? Or homegrown? It's a good question because it's not just about shortstops. There's Shohei Otani, for example, out there this upcoming offseason. So we'll get into it in just a minute. But before we do, I want you to know that this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs, the most comfortable uh, and good looking shorts I've ever tried. I just tried them on last night and their comfortable fit, comfortable feel and stretchy texture is just makes it a dream come true to wear these shorts and the versatility that they provide because they're very good looking and I'm telling you my girlfriend she's looking at me in these shorts and she says these are the best shorts that you've ever owned and that you could wear it on a date and I know that I could obviously wear it if I go golfing or something like that, you could wear it to work even potentially. They're just versatile, good looking, and yet extremely comfortable. And that's a combination that you can't often find or ever find, but it's been found with bird dogs. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. And when you enter promo code locked on MLB, they will throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. I got mine. It is great quality. It is indeed a Yeti style tumbler and it's going to be thrown in for free with that code locked on MLB. So head to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB and use that code locked on MLB today. All right, as promised, more questions and answers to get to, certainly. And uh, thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow. We're going to have a fresh batch of mailbag questions. I'm going to put out a prompt tonight, but also we're going to analyze some players in the minor league system who are coming up. There are some questions we'll get to today that address some minor leaguers, but we'll get even more like Wade Meckler. I think a lot of you are interested in him. Uh, really interesting guy to follow. Getting promoted to double-A, Von Brown, uh, being activated off the IL and going to Double A, and obviously Luis Matos with the promotion, which we discussed on yesterday's podcast. A lot going on in the Giants' system, and it's noteworthy how aggressive they have been, which kind of goes against how they've acted in recent years. So anyway, uh, the Giants play the Marlins this Friday at Uh, I think, what time is that game at? 7.15 Pacific, catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, search Giants. So, uh, and it's going to be Anthony DiScalfani on the mound against reigning Cy Young Award winner Sandy Alcantara in Game 1, although Alcantara is not having a great season to start. But getting to the additional mailbag questions, Dylan says, do you think the next superstar-level player on the Giants will come in free agency or homegrown. And I think there's probably a fraction of people who believe Casey Schmidt could be that guy at this point. I think it's too early to tell. And the obvious, I mean, the performance has been bonkers if you look at the the offensive package. And so is Casey Schmidt that next superstar level player? I don't know yet. And I'm always going to throw a little bit of Caution when we're talking about superstars and we're talking about a you know a week's worth of games. But uh, the the point I want to make here is that this year's free agent class it's basically like Shohei Ohtani or else you're not getting a superstar. And so do I. It's it boils down to I guess I mean unless we're looking years down the road. If we're talking in the next year, will it be from within or from without? I- i.e. free agency. Then, I mean, I don't. I just don't think the Giants are the most likely destination for Shohei Otani for a few reasons. Number one, his big thing is that he wants to win, and so like as much as I'd love to say that the Giants had their hundred and one, hundred and seven win season in twenty twenty one, the fact is they fell back to five hundred in twenty twenty two, and right now they're twenty and twenty three. It it makes it sound like I'm saying. 2023 20, this season but their record is 20 wins 23 losses and there's a lot of season left i've made this point on twitter yesterday that uh first of all the padres now are 20 and 24 so they're a half game behind the giants yes that loaded padres team with machado and tatis and bogarts and uh Juan Soto they're t- they're have a worse record than the Giants. So baseball is a crazy game. It takes 162 for things to kind of work themselves out. So if you're objectively still thinking the Padres are a good team, then maybe don't judge the Giants too much based on them being 20 and 23 if you're not going to judge the Padres too much based on them being 20 and 24. And also the Mets they ended up winning but had the same record as the Giants. The Phillies who were in the World Series last year had have the same record as the Giants. And so for all we know this could end up being a good year with winning and postseason and postseason success for all we know at this juncture. And so but at the same time it's not guaranteed and he is just sick and tired of losing in Anaheim. And so I think that like a team like the Dodgers who have all the tools to lure a guy to their team. And plus, it's like barely a move. He could probably stay wherever he he's living right now. He could probably stay there and play, continue to live at his home and then just switch from the Angels to the Dodgers. So obviously that would stink for Giants fans if Otani goes to the Dodgers. But the Dodgers are consistent winners of like a 100 plus games just year in and year out. And even this year, people kind of counted them out a little bit, and yet they're having a great run again. And so I think a team like that, a team that's just consistently a first place team and that always goes to the playoffs is kind of what Otani might be looking for. So your question wasn't really about Otani, but again, I mean. I think if there were a bunch of superstars again in free agency this offseason, I would probably say that I would expect it to come through free agency because they clearly tried to get that superstar player when they went after Aaron Judge and made a really competitive offer and they had an agreement with Correa and it fell apart. It's just crazy that that happened. And by the way, go check out Carlos Correa's numbers. He's been worse than, you know, he's been like, Michael Conforto when Michael Conforto was struggling so again that's what I'm saying baseball is a crazy game and it's early and it's too early to judge but have it, if the Giants had signed Correa and then he played like this it's not like he would have propelled them to some kind of much better start than that than what they've had they might even be worse off than what they've been because J, it would probably mean JD Davis not playing and Crawford would be at third I don't know so anyway to answer your question I'm going to just bet on some of the talent coming up through the system. I don't know if it's Casey Schmidt, but so far, so good. You've got Kyle Harrison looming. I don't know if a superstar can be a pitcher in your mind. They they can be, but I'd hope that there's some position player superstars that, that emerge as superstars. That would just be what turns this team around and into a team fans get excited about and, potentially, you know, like, more like the Dodgers, a perennial playoff team that's always going to win 90 plus games. And so Schmidt might be that guy, but there's other guys coming. And that's the point. Luis Matos was just promoted to AAA uh, uh, officially yesterday and was in the lineup yesterday. And Marco Luciano is back and healthy. And so, uh, and in A hasn't been the greatest of starts For him, but the fact that he's out there is just a big deal and a good thing. So I'm going to go from... I'm going to say within, simply because the free agent class is so uh, thin on superstar talent outside of Otani. There's basically none. And the odds of getting Otani, it's possible he goes to the Giants, but there's also going to be a lot of other teams that are interested, and we'll see. I, I just... I see the appeal of some of the other teams perhaps ahead of the San Francisco Giants. So coming up in just a minute, we're going to be discussing, have the Giants given up on signing big name free agents? Some of Larry Bear's comments about uh, drafting and developing and how that is going to be critical to the future of the team. Have they just decided that we, you know, have they thrown in the white uh, towel, the white flag, and said, We're just, this is not going to work for us. We have to come do it from within. We'll also get to Patrick Bailey and Marco Luciano as well. So stay tuned for that. But before we get into all of that, this episode is brought to you by So Rare. Our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, SoRare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. SoRare, by the way, recently partnered with MLB All-Star's Juan Soto, and Julio Rodriguez to serve as brand ambassadors. Head to sorare.com slash locked on, that's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E dot com, to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's sorare.com slash locked on to start playing today. All right, here we go. More questions and answers. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show, more mailbag questions, a fresh batch. We're going to, you know, the now that Casey Schmidt is here, I anticipate some questions about him and uh, things change throughout a season. And this has been an interesting week plus for the Giants. So I can't wait to get to some fresh mailbag questions and then some some more updates on, on a lot of guys in the minor league system, including Wade Meckler And others, Uh, the Giants, by the way, play the Marlins at home uh, at 7.15 Pacific, catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, search Giants. And so the next question comes from Jason, who says, has SF, has the Giants' brass uh, given up on signing free agents after all their failures and Larry Bear's comments about continuing uh, or counting, I assume that means you meant uh, on player develop player drafting and development makes it sound like they're admitting defeat in the market. And so that's a little bit extreme. And if you look at kind of the the makeup of the San Francisco Giants rosters over the last several years, they've been like the number one team in terms of most of their players have been acquired through free agency. Believe it or not, I think it I think that would surprise a lot of Giants fans to learn that like almost no other team is using free agency more than the Giants to construct their roster. And so you might mean, although you did not specify here, like major like the previous question about superstar level players. And if so, that's a totally different question. But in terms of have they given up on signing free agents, they're consistently under this front office, believe it or not, signing like the most quantity or maybe not the most. I'm just going based off of I don't have the numbers to back this up, but I do know that what I said about the construction of the roster being like if you look at the 26 man roster, no team pretty much uses free agency more than the Giants to construct that 26-man roster. But every offseason, we're seeing lots of free agent signings by the Giants. And this offseason, I think they signed, what, six? You do count Jock Peterson because he technically was a free agent again, even though you're bringing him back. And if you don't want to count him, whatever, still... Michael Conforto, Mitch Haniger, Sean Manaya, Ross Stripling, Taylor Rogers, and a lot of times people come at me and say, "Yes, but they they're just replacing players who left." And really, they didn't have many players who left. It was Carlos Rodon and Brandon Belt, and that's about it. And so that would be like a net plus four in terms of bringing in players through free agency. So they obviously haven't given up on signing free agents. Period. But if you mean, uh like superstar free agents. I don't think they've given up there either. Maybe in maybe embedded in those comments was kind of an understanding that this upcoming free agent class is not very strong. And so, you know, setting the expectations for next winter, they'll probably make a run at Otani. I think they'd be foolish not to at least go down that road. But ending up with him would be, I don't want to call it like a miracle, but I wouldn't... Put them as the favorites. I think he he has expressed a preference for the West Coast, which uh, works in their favor. They were also a finalist when he was first coming over here from Japan, uh, despite coming off a ninety eight loss season. And so, is it possible? And now the DH is in the National League. So no, I don't think they've given up at all. They literally had an agreement with Carlos Correa. So what would make them give up on on free agent, the free agent process to bring in star talent? I I just think that's false. So, uh next question comes from David who says, "How do you uh how soon do you think Patrick Bailey makes his MLB debut?" And that is a good question and it it's a question that gets to not only Patrick Bailey, but also Joey Bart and Blake Sable, because right now, Joey Bart and Blake Sable are the two catchers on the roster. They let Gary Sanchez walk, essentially, by not calling him up by his opt-out date. And then he did opt out, and now he's in another organization. So what I want to point out before I mention Bailey is that Joey Bart is not hitting well again the strikeout rate I mean to his credit the strikeout rate is 10 points actually 11 points lower than it is in his career average like last year his strikeout rate was 38 and a half percent so far this year it's only 25 percent but still the overall slash line for Joey Bart is just a 231 batting average a 286 on base so he's not walking Uh, and a 295 slugging he has hit for almost no power at all he's got zero home runs zero triples five doubles and 13 singles so five extra base hits out of 18 hits so it's just not been the, the impact bat that the Giants kind of want him and hope for him to be and So, you know, defensively, he's improved as like a leader. He's improved. Blake Sable, certainly though, like he's been a much better bat, frankly, than Joey Bart hitting 280 with a 330 on base, 473 slugging, despite striking out 38% of the time. It's kind of a weird slash line, but he's hit well. He's played DH. He's played outfield at catcher. He's had some gaffes. You know, he's dropped. He's just let some balls. Uh, some pass balls and some failures to block some pitches and maybe not the best thrower. And so it's just an interesting dynamic right now with those two. But I think, you know, Blake Sable can't be optioned, whereas Joey Bart can. And so for Patrick Bailey to factor in, I think if he made his major league debut, it would have to be either an injury to Bart or Sable or uh, Bart to just struggle mightily at the plate, which is kind of what we're seeing. He's hitting ninth. Look, sometimes you don't expect offense out of your catcher and you just deal with below, like well below average offense and take the defense that they give you. And that's kind of what Bart is providing. Although Patrick Bailey is like arguably a better defender than Bart. remains to be seen. I haven't seen him catch a ton, but he won a minor league gold glove at the catcher position. Uh, Basically just want to say, Patrick Bailey's numbers in AAA so far. He was promoted to AAA this year aggressively, started in AA, played only 14 games there and did really well and then was aggressively prom- promoted to AAA where he's hit 234 with a 339 on-base 383 slugging. So it's not uh great. It's kind of it kind of reminds me of Casey Schmidt where like the the results weren't great, but you're seeing a good kind of a walk rate of 12.5%, a strikeout rate of only 21%. And so, the question of how soon will we see him, it depends on so many things. I can't predict. Like, if there's an injury, I think we'll see him maybe as that next guy to to be up. Like, if, if Bart or Sable got hurt, then you might see it then, and... In the meantime, I think they're just going to give Bart and Sable every opportunity. Uh, and But if Patrick Bailey starts hitting, like really hitting in AAA, and Joey Bart continues to scuffle at the plate, then you could see that move made. The thing is, Bailey is a switch hitter, and he's better, I believe, from the left side. And so Blake Sable being a left-handed hitter, it's like not ideal if both of your catchers are like better from the left side. It's not re- like, how do you split the playing time? I guess, is the question there. But again, if you have three catchers that you like, it's kind of a good problem to have as well. So the last question comes from... Anyway, I didn't answer your question, but I think it's there's a chance we don't even see him this year. But I also think there's a chance we see him relatively soon. And so it just depends on a lot of factors. And I, I just don't know how soon we'll see him. Larry says, any updates on Marco Luciano? And I think I responded in a tweet, actually, the day that you asked this with a with a, a video of Luciano hitting a home run in A like in his first game. So Luciano had a stress fracture in his back and did not start out the minor league season in an affiliate. He was back in Arizona at the spring training facility, kind of ramping up in extended spring training. But the update is he's now in Double A, which is the highest level he's ever been to. Last year was all in high A. And uh, so far in A, he's played only in 12 games, and the results haven't been great. A 143 average, a 234 on base, a 405 slugging, though. So he's hit for some power, hit three home runs already in those 12 games, and hit a home run to the opposite field last night. So I wouldn't kind of read too much into... The numbers at this early stage but the fact that he's playing as long as he's healthy uh, you just check the box scores every day uh, the one thing I want to point out 38% strikeout rate that really needs to come down for sure so that's something to watch and just looking at box scores every night or watching the games on M- TV to check in on him nice 10.6% walk rate but the 38% strikeout rate really needs to come down like 10, 15 or more points uh, for him to be considered for any kind of promotion. So anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. More mailbag questions, a fresh batch, and also looking across the whole minor league uh, system. An update on Kyle Harrison, who had a start last night. How did that go? Wade Meckler's kind of... meteoric rise right now through the system. And then those mailbag questions as well. Also the giants play the Marlins coming up at home. On Friday at 7.15 Pacific, catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, search Giants. Once again, my name's Ben Kaspic. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance, and thanks to everyone who's done so already. Can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.